What's up, Woodia? Welcome to What's Up, Woodier, a homegrown podcast. The idea is to be able to talk about Woodier, uh, what's Woodier about, and why we're here. Here are the notes of our community corkboard filled with this week's events. Hey guys, producer Christine here. Just wanted to share with you a few community corkboard announcements. Every Thursday, starting at 4 p.m., Whittier Public Library hosts the Whittier Brain Games Club. It's a great opportunity to have kids ages 6 to 12 socialize and engage in crafts, games, and activities together, utilizing STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math skills. Head on over to the Whittier Public Library located at 7344 Washington Avenue, Whittier, California, 90602. If you have any further questions, please call the library at 562-567-9900. Also, listen in this episode, why STEM is so important and why young women need to get involved, per Ms. Melinda Pina. Next up, every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Whittier Farmer's Market located at the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Get out there, guys, and enjoy your community. On Saturday, April 29th, starting at 7.30 a.m., Don Mr. L.A. is hosting his second annual unofficial Whittier Marathon. He let us know about this event through our Facebook, so shout out to Mr. L.A. for letting us know. Worried you can't run a full marathon, a.k.a. 26.2 miles? Yeah, I definitely can't either, so here are some options. There will be a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. There will be a one mile event and a drink only event, which is like, um, you know, 10 feet. The marathon will start at Whittier City Hall, 13230 Penn Street. But you can also join at various place markers depending on how long you want to run. So the half marathon will start approximately 9.45 a.m. at the Whittier Dog Park on Philadelphia, right across from Whittier High School. The one mile walk slash run will start at approximately 11.45 a.m. right under the clock at the Nixon Building, the corner of Greenleaf and Philadelphia. Lastly, the 10 foot, AKA the crawl, will start close to noon, exactly 10 feet north of the 6740 on Greenleaf. Regardless of the different distances, we will all end at the same finishing line. The full route will hit all of our major landmarks. WAC, Lucerna High School, Whitwood Town Center, Parnell Park, Cal High, Greenway Trail, Whittier High School, Rose Hills, Palm Park, Pioneer High, PIH, Whittier College, Central Park, and of course, through Uptown Whittier. For more information, people can message Don Mr. LA on Facebook as the Facebook event is private and you need to be invited by the host. I know I want to participate, so hopefully we'll see you there. That reminds me, got some training to do. On Wednesday, May 10th, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Friends of Uptown invite you to enjoy the work of various artists while shopping, dining, and networking with local businesses. It's a free event, and most businesses in Uptown participate. Get out there for a lovely night stroll for some spontaneous discoveries. From June 19th through July 20th, Pina Reading Academy will host a summer tutoring program Mondays through Thursdays from 9 a.m. to noon. You can get more information from Melinda Pina in this episode about class size, other educational resources, and a special discount. Give them a call at 562-698-7323 or check out their contact info in the description. Have something you'd like us to feature in the community corkboard? Tag us on Instagram and Facebook at What's Up Whittier or send us an email at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier Townies would like it, recommend it to them. 
If you have a friend who has never heard of Whittier, recommend the show. Even if you have people that are like, oh, I know Whittier, Whittier Boulevard. No, no, no. This is much different. Let them know about the show. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for the year and we'd love for the whole community to become involved. So don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out. It's okay. You can just hit that little subscription button. I'll give you about five seconds and go. All right, did you do it? I hope so. All righty, guys, enjoy this episode. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Hello, Whittier. Welcome back, yes. listeners. We have another... special guest, I heard. Come on, man. Took your thunder? You're trying to steal my, my, my thunder there. Okay, we have a very special guest. Very, very special guest. Dun, da, da, da. There you go. Key the music. So today we have Melinda Piña with the Piña Reading Academy. Right? Hi, yes. That's Said me. that correct? You did. Melinda awesome. Pena. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. How are you guys doing? You know, I have some gas. No, it was, no, just, just, <laughs> it was just a polite question. I didn't really want an answer. But <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to get the party started. She's We're in a small room, and you're going to well, start with, I have gas? And well, <laughs> good gas. Oh, okay. I don't know there's such a thing, but anyways. I don't either. Um, and today we're actually broadcasting a uh, different location. We're at your facility. Yes, Pena uh, Reading Academy, 6740 Bright Avenue in Uptown Whittier. Look at that. Right across the street from Vintage Cafe. So go grab a drink and then come and get some tutoring. You <laughs> <laughs> could go and get tutoring first and then grab a I drink? <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm not just taking Just make it over here, Yes, right? yes. Just get on over. Just get here. Just get here. <laughs> so, so describe to us the, uh, your, your uh, business. So it's, uh, it says Reading Academy. But yes, but we also offer services um, in math, test preparation, um, really just about everything that students need at this point. We have kids, we have adults coming in, and what we offer that's different from other tutoring services is that, number one, I am a credentialed reading specialist. I also have a credential as a teacher with a master's degree in advanced teaching skills. Um, but my credential as a reading specialist allows me to really work with kids and adults who have um, special needs, whether those it's a specific learning disability, a reading disability, English language learners, or they're just struggling readers. A lot of kids right now are struggling with the Common Core State Standards. Um, so we kind of prepare the kids for that. But um, we also prepare parents. So one of the things that makes us a standout uh, establishment as a tutoring center is that the parents are tutored as well. Um, so they come in, they sit in the tutoring sessions and take copious notes and watch everything I'm doing so that they can follow through at home. And really the idea is it, it takes a village to, to get these kids to where we need them to be. So I support the parents um, so that they can support their child. Um, sometimes we have the grandparents come in, caretakers coming in as well. It's just anybody who is involved with working with that student at home is welcome to come in the sessions so that they can see um, what's going on and, and learn as well. Now, is that an observant type role where they're watching in the background or are they in there during the actual session and you're teaching all of them how to kind of work together and make it a, the village to raise a child? It's completely interactive. So they'll watch me model a few of the activities and then they get in there as well. And then I watch them and give immediate corrective feedback and kind of guide them through it so that by the time they walk out of here, they feel confident to, to work with their child. And, and 
they're more aware of the needs of their child. And then it's not just kids that come in. So we have a lot of college students. I have quite a few adults that come in. Right now I have um, a lot of sheriff deputies who are English language learners that come in because when they write their um, incident reports, they're written in the past tense. And so Spanish conjugation in the past tense is much different from English conjugation in the past tense. So their training officers have advised them to get some tutoring. So I have quite a few sheriffs that are coming in right now and we're doing some writing with them. Um, I have firefighters coming in, uh, realtors coming in, Remo. Remo, um, I think there's a discount for realtors. So. I know. <laughs> I Take I, advantage, no, actually, I, I charge more. Oh, <laughs> there you go. It's an, it's an added discount. You know, I, I, I think I copied all my way through my MBA, so I'm <laughs> I'll probably be coming by over here. Great, yeah. <laughs> And just people who want to refine their websites as well and want me to take a look and do some editing, I do that as well. So we're kind of a full-service facility here. Anything uh, academic? Um, of course, Remo's uh, trying to find something on his iPhone. I was trying to, f to look up the website here. Were you Googling? <laughs> you were on the Googler? <laughs> I, was, I was on the Siri. I got a new phone, and it just spazzed out. But and now carry on. Put it in his lap, so yeah. I'm scared of what's going to come out of that phone. <laughs> Siri's going to tell us something good right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the discovery phase. Oh, great. Uh, yes. Yeah, Siri discovery. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, just not going uh, the right direction here. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it makes sense. You know, one of those things that, you, that you're talking about, the whole kind of uh, teaching everybody who's involved with the kid um, uh, makes sense. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... So it makes sense as a parent, right? You want to be able to, and that's the problem, not problem, but the trouble I'm going through with, with my little ones is that obviously there's no instructions to how to be a parent, right? Or how to educate yeah. a parent. Luckily, obviously, my wife's a teacher, so she has a kind of educational background. But even with that, you know, there's certain things that you got to modify um, for certain kids, right? Yeah, uh, age age groups and, and obviously uh, how quickly they could pick up and on ability, things. And ability, yeah, you're right. But but for me to ca uh, catch on to that, obviously, um, it, it, I need somebody who's well-trained or could pick up on these things uh, to kind of guide us on, on how to really uh, teach our kid, right? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think that's what makes a difference about mm -hmm. somebody who's tutoring, uh, going off the book uh, compared to what you do, which, which makes sense. Um, does that also happen for, uh, for all the kids, like from going from, you know, what is the youngest you, you teach? Is three years old. My youngest wow. student right now is three. And actually, the sibling of that three-year-old who's two comes and sneaks into the tutoring really? sessions as well. So technically, a two-year-old two is in Yeah, <laughs> and it's never too early. I mean, there's a lot of games that you can play with your, your kids at a very young age, teaching them rhyming. Those nursery yeah. rhymes are critical. Um, and there's lots of things you can do with the little ones. So three is two, three is my youngest. Yeah. And then, like I said, all the way up through adults. And I'm glad you mentioned the rhyming, cause, rhyming game because I, I know a, a while back we talked about my kid and, you know, kind of uh, certain words where he was kind of uh, having a hard time pronouncing. Yes. Um, and then that you gave me a tip. You said, I no charge, obviously. I didn't charge you, yeah. <laughs> of course, you're going to charge me later. But of course, yeah. It's, uh, I'm a business We'll, we'll charge Jesse. it to Remo. We'll, we'll send the... <laughs> I, Put can't on I can't read the bill, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, <laughs> we'll have but, someone read it to him. Right. Don't worry. But you gave me that tip. You said how you should try the rhyming game, you know, where mm-hmm. you can put those words and, and uh, I mean, can you explain that for all our listeners? Well, we know as, as a reading researcher and, and we look at the findings of the National Reading Panel um, and we know that one of the greatest indicators of later reading success is whether or not a child can do two things, whether, th- whether or not they can hear rhyme and then produce rhyme. So those are two really different skills. Sometimes kids are really easy to identify and listen to rhyme and be able to say, oh, those two words sound alike, mm-hmm. but can they produce rhyme as well? So when you give them a couple of words that rhyme, cat and hat, can they come up with additional words that rhyme? So producing a rhyme are two different things. So playing those word games. Uh, I also have uh, an app. Uh, I am a member of or a part of a team called Colvard Learning. It's a ed tech company that I'm part of, and I develop the content and the assessments for their apps. And they have two apps, one for transitional kindergarten uh, and preschool called uh, Professor Pup's Phoneme Farm. And that teaches kids phonemic awareness. So it's kind of the precursor to phonics. So you're laying a strong foundation when you work with phonemic awareness first. And then after uh, they've completed that app, then they can work on Pup's Quest for Phonics. So we streamline them into a a phonics program as well. And both of those are available for uh, the tablet and for Android. And we've been getting great feedback. We have it in um, lots of schools right now. Uh, and, and we're getting good feedback. St. Bruno's and some of the other schools, uh, St. Gregory and uh, Whittier, they yeah. use our programs, and oh, they're nice. getting great results. So it's really exciting to not just be here and, and, and work with kids one-on-one, hands-on with them, but also to be able to uh, allow them to supplement that instruction with mm-hmm. um, interactive programs for the apps. There's a lot of apps out there for reading or that claim to work with reading, but... Um, ours has voice recognition, handwriting recognition, um, and it's really interactive. It's really entertaining. has great animation, great music in it. We've had um, web designers and animators and just a lot of professionals working on this app for, for a long time. So we're excited to have it out there as well. So we hope people uh, pick it up in the iTunes store. Um, go to Colvard Learning uh, on the website and see how you can download it as well. And we'll put it, obviously, in the show notes so people who are wanting to download or learn a little bit more, they could look it up. What's the, the cost? And is it a subscription or is it monthly? How does it work? It, and it depends. So it's a different price for schools. So if the, the more yeah. seats that we call them seats, but the more uh, kids that are on the program, the cheaper, of course. But we also have the in-home version that looks a little bit di- different. So um, it's, it's about having that balance, too, of... Um, what's appropriate tablet time. So we have, it's all developmentally appropriate. So their time on the tablet, and then we have worksheets and things that you can download straight from the app um, and print them out so that they can um, transfer those skills that they had on the tablet onto pencil and paper. So it's quite a balanced curriculum. So um, our, our price changes as we improve it, and not necessarily that it's going up, we're actually mm-hmm. price is going down. So Ask me right now. I'm not quite sure, but it's a couple of bucks. Yeah. Well, I don't have kids right now, so I'll see for you. maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> then I'm no, I was talking for you, Remo. I was saying for oh you. Let's start you out with I, Professor Pup's phoning farm. I was actually gonna, hoping Jesse's uh, little one gets it, and I can just copy his or use his app. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what we're going to tell you. Hey, Rio, can you swipe the credit card here? Sebastian, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump on his account and and, and use his uh, he'll, Again, iPad. he'll read it to you. Uh, two for uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um 
aside from the apps, do you have any books that you uh, you're publishing or working with that kind of do the same thing? Or well. Along with the app comes a teacher's manual. There's lesson plans. There's a ton of materials that I've created and that my team has created. Our team at Colvard Learning has created um, Very cool. that seem streamline uh, all the lessons seamlessly. And um, so I'm excited. I hope people uh, take a look at, at what we've created. Yeah. Do you see, do you see the trend of um, of doing of it going more digital learning rather than um, what do you call it uh, hands on or, or like you said, pen and paper. Yeah, there's a is, huge is changing. There's a huge paradigm shift, and what we need to consider is this: that I, I know a lot of times people are up in arms about the Common Core state standards, and yep. and you know it's confusing to parents, it's confusing to teachers, to kids. Um, we're, we're all dealing with that. But what we also need to understand is that a lot of other nations, European nations, Asia, Germany, all these countries have been doing Common Core for decades now, and mm -hmm. our kids are kind of like, let's go, let's go. Um, and part of those um, Common Core state standards include um, college and career readiness and then technology. So that's built into our standards. Uh, the expectations are there. And we need to prepare our kids to compete globally. Yeah. It's not like when, when I was young, not that I'm old, but not that I'm not. <laughs> but when you know we were young, it was just a matter of competing with the, the guy in next the high school next yeah. to us. or you know, and, and that was a big deal. But now our kids are competing for jobs globally. Yeah. So we have to prepare them to think critically, um, judiciously, to evaluate situations and come up with solutions and yeah. more now more than ever right in our country we need solutions so right. it's going to be left up to our kids to to fix whatever it is we're doing right <laughs> now and so you know we have to make sure they're well equipped so so you you think that the uh, common core in schools now is is effective and it makes sense <laughs> That's kind of not, that's not a tough to question. Push you on the spot, but no, just no, no, no. I'm glad you asked it. it I hear it from again my wife's uh, educators. So yeah, you hear it from. It's kind of split, right? Some like it, it some don't like it. Their their argument for it or against it, it kind of makes sense sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. So it's kind of like, is there like a happy medium? I don't know if there is or not, but you know, yeah, I want to get your it, point, it, your, it, your take, knowing. And again, you're get, I'm getting it from 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 teachers or educators who mm -hmm. are obviously uh, uh, focused on a, a certain age group, right? Sure. From your case, you really have a range. It's so. diverse here yeah. at the academy. Yeah, we see, and I have a lot of homeschool kids. I mean, that's a whole oh, very, other market okay. that that's that right. you know I've tapped into here mm -hmm. at the academy. Um, it's that homeschool market. So to go back to your question, Jesse, it's a great question. And how do I feel about Common Core? I think that we have to set our kids up and have high expectations, but we've got to set them up for success. And so the Common Core um, is challenging our kids. It's challenging our teachers. And what we need to make sure is our teachers feel well-equipped to teach these. So yeah. they requ it requires training for the teachers. Where's that money coming from? You know, we need to, we need to make sure our teachers feel confident to teach the Common Core. Uh, when we can do that, then our students will follow suit. We can we can have the materials and the tools that we need. It's almost you know going into a war with uh, you know a pencil and paper when we yeah. need we need an arsenal. Yeah, we do. Right, yeah. We need books and we need technology and we need the materials that um, are going to set our kids up for for that level of success. Do I believe in the core, Common Core? I do. I think we need to have high expectations for our kids, and I think that they can step it up. But I also believe that 
um, we need to make sure that everything's in place to ensure their success. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone that doesn't know what that is that you guys are talking about, what is the Common Core? Well, I'll give you so the Reader's Digest right. version. So years before, every state had their own um, criteria or standards for each grade level. The thing is this, if you were a first grader in California, and let's say for, um, if you come from a migrant family, or if you're from a military background, or if your circumstances are such that you need to move to another state, your first grader may go to another state, say Texas or Virginia or another state, and they may be learning something that's different from what they were learning in first grade in California. It may be more rigorous, it may be less rigorous than what they were learning in California. So there was a lot of, you know, it, it depended on demographics. And, and I believe in my heart of hearts that as Americans, all of our kids should have the right to equal education and that it, it shouldn't be um, defined by your zip code or the state that you live in. It's, you know, we, we all of our kids have the right to a high quality education. And so what the Common Core says now is that it doesn't matter what state you live in in the United States, your first grader is gonna learn the same set of standards no matter where they are, and your second grader will learn this these standards as well. So you, you consider, again, our military families who, uh, you know, they move they're yeah. they move around a lot from state to state, and then our migrant families who you know they follow the crops, and the parents have to move when when the next harvest is ready, and so that sometimes they can stay within the state, sometimes they move out of the state. So we need to make sure that uh, you know the the circumstances are equal. We're all in an equal playing ground. All our kids are, despite their their zip code. And <coughs> and there's a certain is, um, like math and science, that gets not focused, but it, it there's a little bit more emphasis, I guess. Is that there the right is word? the STEM, the yeah. STEM uh, subject areas are are really being focused on right now, and and STEM for your, for girls, which is your science, science technology, engineering, math, yeah. um, and then there's more to it after yeah. that as well. But those are the the core part of it. But um, it's it, a big part of those STEM is getting women and girls, young girls, uh, into those STEM subject areas because um, it's often been, you know, a male-dominated field, and yeah. that's not the case anymore. You know, yeah. w young women are getting in, and, um, you know, there's a big min movement out there, too, for uh, Latina women to yeah. get Latina girls uh, and African-American girls to be involved in those subject areas as well. And I'm a huge uh, supporter of that as well. The, the young girls have to get in. And, and you're right, because, like, for example, in my field, uh, architecture and engineering, um, there's a shortage of engineers. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you go into, into my profession, mo I'd say... I don't want to be off, but there's a high percentage mm -hmm. of foreign engineers, um, and and it's always like, why, why, why is that? Well, because of those requirements that you know we really don't have that big emphasis or that big push mm -hmm. for math, science, engineering here here in, in, in yeah, U.S. Um, whereas somewhere else, I mean, that's in Egypt. I mean, I'll yeah. talk for myself. That, that's that, right? drilled be an engineer or i mean really my, my father was an engineer and mm. that's the uh respected profession there where mm. here it's not pushed as much because mm. maybe it's cooler to be you know a movie star in hollywood a or, or a real realtor <laughs> in something so in, in another country in a thorough country that that's pushed a lot more 
Um, and it, it's evident in, in the type of engineers that we have yeah. now. Yeah. And you're, you, Jesse, you're in a male-dominated field, wouldn't you say? Very dom- male-dominated. and Jesse likes that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. And even, yeah. We'll Is it shifting, that. Jesse? Do you notice a change? There's a shift. Um, uh, for the, the shift comes from foreign uh, architects, hmm. um, but also just here locally that, um, you know, there's more women or females who are, who are looking at it as a career now. Yeah. So that mindset has changed, yeah. um, but it's still, it's, it's moving slowly, I think. Yeah, um, and hopefully Common Core will, will help with that, well, where we'll get more <coughs> uh, females into yeah. those male-dominated fields. Correct, correct. And, uh, yeah, and, and all of them. I mean, there's a, there's a movie that just came out. Um, it was uh, the women who were actually computing uh, all hidden the... Hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures. Yeah, I it was mean, a great movie. I mean, you think about something like that where, you know, it, great minds, I mean, whether it's male or female. Mathematical minds. Yeah, and but in that case, you know, again, at the at the at the times, right? They weren't they weren't being elevated because they're females. So yeah, um, obviously that's changing. And African American. That on top of that, you had yeah. that to it. So, um, but you're right. I think with with everybody having that mindset change, mm-hmm. and on top of that, adding you know, you know, with obviously that mindset changing for females, but also again bringing that curriculum into uh, into a standard now. Uh, that that'll change. So. Yeah, we'll see where that goes, uh, but I, I think uh, I like your response. Yeah, I, I think in the next few years, as more of our kids who have been um, part of Common Core begin to go through um, high school and then through the college systems and, and begin their careers, I, I'm hoping that we'll see a huge change yeah. in, in what our country can do. It's funny you see that. So so today, <clears throat> my, my kid's school has... Um, they have like an after school pro, a STEM program. Mm-hmm. He's in kindergarten, and I uh, love it. Which is which is intense, by the way. Good. I mean, at his age, I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember having that much homework. I can't or, help you with that homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't remember how to do fractions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you carry the decimal? I don't know. Anyways, but um, but yeah, their 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 homework, just the stuff they're learning is 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 intense. And um, um, but but he loves math. I mean, he he loves math. He loves science. Um, so we enrolled him into this program, and and today he he was just he wasn't feeling it. He's like, you know what? I, I don't I, I'm not. Um, my friends aren't in the class, so mm. I'm, I'm kind of not feeling it. And you know, new people, and you know, so kind of stand standoffish. But but I was explaining to him. I said, look, I go, y- you love this stuff. This is the stuff you've been wanting to do. So why wouldn't you want to chase it? You know? Yeah. He said, well, because my friends aren't there. You know, mm. and I don't recognize anybody there. And, this and that. So I'm kind of trying to still trying to convince him. Like, look. You know, you wanna you wanna be able to do some cool. So he's he likes games like computer games and stuff yeah. like that. And and I said, you ever want to develop that stuff? Then guess what? The guys that that came up with those programs, they had to be good at math. They had to learn mm-hmm. math. They had to do, learn science. And he said, no, no, they didn't. You know, like <laughs> he's a kindergartner. Yeah, he's a kindergartner. <laughs> so he's telling. He's Jesse's trying to get me. philosophical. I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, you know, as a father, I should. <laughs> I'm like, he's a kindergartner. I'm like, why? Hold on. How do you know they didn't? You, didn't, you know, so I'm kind of going back and forth. And yeah. you realize end, you argue, you're arguing with the kindergartner, yeah, right? We're okay. walking down the street. I think Jesse has an agenda right <laughs> now. Go ahead. Jesse. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. How bad is this? Like, I'm, I'm having a conversation <laughs> yeah. with my kid. And no, you're having an back. argument yeah. with the kindergartner. But what math and, 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 it, and you're throwing your hands up in here, yeah. explaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but but at, at the end of the day, he was able to click it. You know, he, yeah. he said, okay, you're right. 
He goes, you're right, because even though I'm able to make play with the game, that somebody still had to create those environments. Yeah. Somebody had to think about the stuff. And, and I don't know where he's like, yeah, they had to compute this stuff. And, I mean, he just started using big words. I'm like, all right, I think I went beyond the point I was trying <laughs> to get to. But, uh, you know, at least he, he shut got you it. down is yeah, what he, he did, down. Jesse. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we, ne- we obviously didn't go back. And, and now, uh, but uh, again, at least there's those programs that are being offered. Yeah. Um, they're being encouraged to to participate at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and it's it's um I, I ho- again I, I hope I hope the kids really pick it up because because yeah. uh you're right they're like we keep saying we're doing the stuff we do now is for our future. Yeah. Definitely. But in reality, it's what they do themselves now is for their future. So. Yeah. Um, so if they don't get on that that bandwagon or or not bandwagon, but on that bus to to really learning and, and taking yeah. or that advantage. rocket ship, whatever yeah, it is, that ship. space <laughs> shuttle. Um, I think they'll miss out. Yeah, I, think I they'll agree. Miss out. So I have a, a question. Sure. Talking about schools, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the schools are sufficient, or most schools are sufficient, or should the parent think about you know private tutoring and you know, if you, you know, with, with little ones, should, would you put them in if they were your little ones in something similar? What I tell parents is this. No bias. Tutor, no. no bias <laughs> at kidding. all. No. Nobody's listening. <laughs> right. Just you and I. Uh, <laughs> um, what I tell parents is this. W- for whatever reason, whether you homeschool your kid, whether you decide private school or public school is for you, that's, that's a, a decision that you make as a family. However, if you feel that your child is struggling in whatever environment that that learning is happening in, you need to make sure that you have the things in place, the interventions in place. If you're in a public school, there's a lot of things that are there that are in place to you know, assess your child and get them the help that they need on a daily basis. The private schools, the Catholic schools, it works a little differently. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to navigate your way around the pub, the private school system and the Catholic school system. But if you feel like your child needs additional intervention and they're just not quite, um, where they should be in school, I highly suggest tutoring. With this being said, if you're going to spend money, make sure it's with a tutoring service that has, at minimum, a credentialed teacher, somebody who's been in the classroom, who's had continuous professional development, who has um, the training in the background to work with kids uh, who, who are struggling or who have special needs. Um, of course, you want that higher level of intervention as well. Myself, I mean, I, w- I have a credential as a multiple subject teacher, but... I also have a credential as a reading specialist, so what that allows me to do is um, assess students and really pinpoint their needs. And so if you feel like, mm, my kid needs tutoring, make sure it's if you're going to spend the money that it's, it's somebody who knows what they're doing because that's when you're going to get the best results. So sometimes things seem cheaper in, in bulk or, you know, you go to certain tutoring centers. I'm not going to say their names now, but... They rhyme like... <laughs> they'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but there's tutoring centers out there who, um, you know, have their kids in classrooms and give out worksheets and just kind of monitor the kids. And that's not the tutoring that's most effective. What we do here at Pena Reading Academy is we offer the one-on-one services. It's Everything's tailored. It's very prescriptive. So you'll do an initial assessment and based on those results, I, I build a curriculum for each individual student. So what I do with one child um, is not going to look anything like I, what I do with the next child. And that's what you're looking for, something yeah. that's tailored and prescriptive. 
and not just kind of a, a panacea. Just we'll give some worksheets and yeah. let's see what sticks to the wall. You need something if you're going to spend money. Yeah, because because most kids um, and speaking personally too, like we all learn differently, right? Absolutely. And so I learn more by seeing and doing. You're a visual than, learner, which is why yeah. you got into architecture. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. We're either Quick an assessment. auditory. We'll, we'll, we'll stop there. Yeah, we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Jesse's talk after Jesse. <laughs> no, but you, you, there are different kinds of learners. Yeah, There's cool. different moda modalities as well, but you're either an auditory learner, a kinesthetic learner, a visual learner. Some of us are combinations thereof. So you've got to find something. You've got to find that fit Yeah. so that you can kind of thrive in that environment. I'm the look over my shoulder or look to my neighbor. Cheat on your neighbor's <laughs> paper kind of learner. <laughs> no, I'm not. I knew it, man. I knew it. I've studied you yeah. in the classroom before. So Remo's really not your name. That, that was no, your next that, one. I, I, you know, I, I was like, that. oh, that's a cool name. Let me just copy that over. That's the first one he learned to spell. It only had a few letters in it. And he's like, I'll stick with that one. And <laughs> there's a show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> the uh, uh, Going back, well, I don't know if you answered that question. In terms of uh, public school or private school, I mean, if you had to your kids, if you had to take your kids back to school, mm -hmm. is there, would you, because you, you were teaching at a classroom before, right? For 22 years, I was yeah. in a public school. Yeah, I taught in uh, El Rancho Unified School District for 22 years. Shout out to all the El Rancho. Shout out uh, to all my Pico Riveraans. Alu alumni uh, from Espina yes. who now <laughs> are They're all fine. They're all perfect. <laughs> They're all high achievers. I'm That's sure of it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually kept in touch with most of my students. Nice. Yeah, I still see them. I tutor some of their kids now, so that tells That's you good. how long I've been uh, yeah. teaching. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love what I do. But all my boys, I have three boys, um, and they're all adults now, grown men, uh, very successful. Um, and uh, they all went to private school. They, are, they okay. were all product of Catholic school. I myself am a product of Catholic school. I went okay. to St. Hillary and to St. Paul High School. Go swordsman. There you go. And, um, and so, you know, it, again, you've got to find that fit that's right for your family. Uh, but that being said, if your kid needs additional help, make sure you get it from somebody who's qualified. Because no matter what, tutoring is not, it's not cheap. Um, so if you're going to spend money, make sure you're going to get uh, the most for your dollar and something that's going to help you uh, feel empowered as well. So not yeah. just sticking your kid in some room and hoping, you know, that that tutor waves a magic wand and sprinkles that magical glitter uh, over your child and in a few months everything will be gone. It takes hard work, so... Again, we go back to the village, right? Takes a That's village. Right. That's right. So let me let me ask this question then. Um, are certain schools like let's say if they have a, a seven or eight or a nine, at what point do you say, you know what, that's a really high score and a really good school? Maybe they don't need the the one on one type training or just generally speaking, that school is gonna be a good school where they're gonna provide quality education. Is there a number that you would say you would look for? When you look at a school, and I know you're saying this as a realtor because yes, you're looking at property values. Yes. That's hey, what it. Hey. That's all you pitch is, right? Smart girl. I see what's happening <laughs> here. You know, I'm just reading this note that says make yeah, yeah. sure you ask, and if you're thinking about buying or no. And he's like, how can we bring it back to real estate? You're oh, thinking of buying. That's a question that we get. No, it's, you know, it's quite about often. Yeah, absolutely is what do the schools look like? So you want to look at a school's um, AYP, and you want to mm -hmm. look at their API scores, and those basically tell how the school is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like the the report card of schools. Sure. So you're looking for numbers there as well. You want to see growth, right? How their students are growing and their numbers are going up from year to year. And of course, you want to look at those blue ribbon schools and schools who have who have gotten those awards. Um, so there's a lot to consider. But I mean, 
people buy homes uh, based solely on the location and how their public, their, how their schools are doing. I think Remo should not focus in Whittier. And what schools locally <laughs> in Whittier? Right? What area? Have a blue ribbon. <laughs> where can he get his bigger bang for his buck? Exactly. We'll talk I was after. educated through the system of Whittier. I went to Ocean View, Mulberry. Oh, this is producer Christine. Oh, Ocean. Uh, yeah. Ocean View. Ocean View is really good. School. Um, yeah. I, I really liked Mulberry. I was in the gate program there. And then at East Whittier, I was involved. And then I went to Cal High. So I don't know. What do you think about the local schools in Whittier? Oh, Whittier schools are great. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from Whittier. Even and Cal Whittier, High? But no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cal High is the best, by the way. <laughs> But yeah, we have some great schools here. We have great teachers that are working hard, um, great principals who are, you know, academic leaders and um, who really just um, want to do what they can to help their teachers, help their students. But again, it goes back to do we have the money? Are we doing what it takes? And are we putting the pieces in place to empower our, our administrators, our school boards? Um, and then our principals and then our teachers so that they can help the kids. But, yeah, I love the schools in Whittier. I mean, they're, they're really working hard. They're doing a great job. All right. So you ducked my question here. So let me ask it a different way. At what number of the school would you say, you know what, maybe look at private school or tutoring? Is it a five? Is it a six? Is it's it a usually in sevens. Eights around So seven there. is acceptable? Seven, or 800. Eight? Yeah, you're just looking at those higher. The higher the number, the better the school. But again, if your student, if your child is struggling, if your child is um, has special needs, yeah. um, you want to make sure that you're putting them in an environment where they th where they are going to thrive. In that, you're right. You're. Right. I was going to say that too, because uh, again, going back to the individual, right? You, I mean, you could put you could put the best school in front of the kid. Absolutely. But if that kid is learning differently, yep. or I don't want to say disability, <laughs> but if he's if he's having a challenge, sure, learning, struggling learner, so yeah. yeah, struggling learner. And at that point, it doesn't matter what school you put in, right? I mean, well, you're hoping that the pieces have been put in place to to be able to help your child, and yeah. you know, on a daily basis. That's really what we want. We need that um, the regularity, the consistency of strong education, and and something that's differentiated. So. Going back to what you were saying, like every child learns differently. That's right. So I taught second grade for what felt like a million years. I love second graders. It's kind of like where my heart is. But um, I remember just being in a classroom of second graders and having 36 little faces staring at me every day and going, That's there. seven years old, right? They're, seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that age. Jeez. And they just, they still love school and it's so beautiful yeah. and they're excited every day. But I, you know, 36 faces looking at me and 36 <laughs> different levels in, yeah. in, in working in my classroom. And, you know, as a teacher, um, being tasked with differentiating instruction, so making sure everybody is learning in every subject every day it can get really overwhelming and yeah. then you have parents coming in and then you have administrators looking over your shoulder and then you have a shortage of materials and you know working at school in pico rivera you know we were really limited in our resources sometimes and so you know teachers forking money out of their own pocket and That's and true. you know to be able to to have tools that they need to work yeah. with these kids every day it you know Teaching is, uh, it's a tough job. I love it. It's nothing you're going to get rich at doing, and we, right. we don't go into education to get rich. We go into education to make a difference for these kids. And so 
Um, I think we need to um, respect our teachers. Are we going to do it right every day? Nope. We're going to make mistakes, and sometimes we're going to make big mistakes, but it's always with the best intentions, and it's always with, you know, the kids at the forefront of what we're doing, and um, you know, looking at those little faces every day, you just go in and start your day thinking, okay, how can I make a difference with these kids today? How can I help little Sally feel good today and not, not cry during math time? Or, you know, little Johnny, how can I make sure that during reading when he's got to get some writing in that he's going to be okay and feel confident? You know, while little uh, Joey is in the back jumping off the walls and, you know, sharpening <laughs> a pencil all day long. And you for, just, you know, for two hours. For two hours. <laughs> but, you know, and, and this is our reality as educators. And, and you know, so, and, and we're still able to, to come in the next day with a happy, smiley face and look at those kids and say, all right, let's do it again today. It's funny. I was little Joey because I didn't want to ride. <laughs> you were him. You so were that I, I guy. So I would stand at the sharpener forever. Well, I got to say, that's well, where always like my soft spot was <laughs> with little Johnny bouncing off the walls in the back. I was like, ah, oh, bless his heart. Let's go, Johnny. So you, say, so you say, Johnny, any cute, funny stories that just stand out from your years of teaching? Oh, I have a million stories, but I told you guys the one about, I got to change his name, but just a little boy who decided on a daily basis that he was just going to defecate wherever Poop. he felt <laughs> wherever he felt the urge to do it and i remember we would take the kids to the library and then we would leave and the librarian would be like uh he left a little gift here for us and i was like oh sorry about that or we'd go out to play at recess and they're in the middle of the dodgeball circle uh, the yard duty later would call me and be like, uh, he left a little gift for us again. <laughs> and I was like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> but I think the best stories I have, and I can't share them on, on air, but I'll give them to you guys afterwards, is um, uh, parents and parent conferences. And I think every teacher can um, kind of appreciate um, you know, for everybody out there listening, be nice to your teachers during parent conferences, yes. man. That's the hardest time of the year for us because, yeah. you know, we have to sit there and talk to parents about their kids. And sometimes we're not always delivering the best news and we're trying to do it with a happy, smiley face. You've got to be polite, right? And You're we have to, to be polite. Hold back on all the stuff you really want to say. <laughs> That's right. We're <laughs> showing all of our restraint. Yeah, yeah. Um, your kid just pooped in the dodgeball <laughs> circle. <laughs> How do you tell a parent that yeah, your yeah. child just pooped in the dodgeball circle? Picked it Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah you know they're they're those parent conferences and the parent stories that i can tell you i've had parents come into parent conferences drunk um i've had parents come into conferences um with a whole gang with a whole familia with everybody yeah. aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas coming in uh with them and you're just like all right bring in the village you know and this is great but you know those are probably some of my better stories i'll nice. tell no, and, and um, uh, first off, I want to say thank you. Thank you and all the teachers who are listening. For shout out to all my teachers. Yeah, Yay. shout out to all the teachers. Because, um, uh, I mean, it, it's, it takes, you're right, it takes uh, passion, dedication. Absolutely. To really do what they do, what you guys do. Um, and, and just the time you spend with every kid, you know, you, you're, you're, you're essentially trying to focus with te each individual um, to try obviously educate them, uh, yeah. lead them in the right direction. Um, and, and we as parents sometimes take that for granted because all we, all we know from a teacher is that they're there at the door to receive our kid 
And they're there at the door to drop off the kid, right? Or yeah. let the kid To give go. them to us yeah. at 3 o'clock. <laughs> but yeah. we don't know what happens. In be- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we don't under- fully understand what happens in between that time, right? Yeah. And, um, and to be able to have, you know, again, a teacher educate them. Because um, you're educating them um, on certain curriculum. But on top of that, you're still teaching them, you know, manners, teaching them. Absolutely. Uh, you know what's right what's wrong pick I up your poop <laughs> yeah pick, pick up after yourself um but i tell people all the time it's like i'm a nurse uh yeah. psychologist uh yeah. caregiver um sometimes a, a doctor some you know i do all these jobs oh and then i'm gonna teach as well That's i'm gonna get right. some teaching That's in right. there as well yeah, so yeah. yeah we just you know teachers are just doing their best yeah i had a i had a teacher who was um she was my math teacher in high school and now looking back and having you know obviously some insight she used to come in uh and her lunch was a couple noodles mm. you know and it seemed like she would wear the same clothes every day yeah, or, or yeah. kind of change it up but it was the same thing outfit whatever and and i was like i'm like man what well, you know what what is it about this teacher that you know uh i mean she can't go out for lunch or she just decides to just eat the same thing over and over well, she used to spend her time, her lunch lunch time, not as a break, but more of a still kind of catching up with things like grades and you know, or, yeah, or just even trying to keep their uh, her head above not water. Not tutoring, I'm sure. but but focusing on what kid needs more attention. And, and I'm like, man, I mean, again, that passion, that Kudos. dedication, yeah. right? It's that we don't that we don't see. Yeah, um, is, is where where again we we as as parents um, need to uh, tap into that. Because and be part of it because, um, like you said, uh, it's not just the teacher's responsibility; it's our responsibility. So, yeah. so thank you again, you know, for, you. for all you do. Um, so, I, I question: I, um, sure. Why are we going to talk reading? about the real estate and no, the location of no, schools again? No, we're not. <laughs> we're not talking about defecating either. Where do you want to buy? Do you want to buy and yeah. sell? Uh, unless <laughs> we'll talk offline. No. Um, as far as the the name, why reading? I mean, with with tutoring in general talked about math science why not the math uh institute or you know why reading as a name well why the piña reading academy in general right sure okay so piña is my family name and so um my parents my mom and dad were just um i was of that i grew up with that mindset of um you're gonna go to college it's it's not whether or not you're gonna go to college it's which college you're gonna go to yeah and so I always grew up with that mindset. And um, I remember as I you know, got older, I went through college, and every degree that, that I would get, my mom and dad always said, as long as you go to school, we will always pay for your education. So you go. You have zero excuses. So you go, and you keep going. And whatever it is you want, whatever we have to do to pay for your education and support your education, we will. I mean, I was already, you know, I already had my son and everything. My parents still compared. Um, still paid for my education and and so for me to open up my own business which I never thought I would do I thought I was going to be buried in the playground uh, in one of the schools I worked with my intent was always to to remain a teacher but um, seeing kids go through um, the school and see those kids struggling and once I became a reading specialist I thought okay I need to just work with these kids and so when I was throwing around names and stuff I said well it's an homage to my family. Um, I have other people in my family, aunts and cousins, who were all educators. 
Um, and so um, I thought, I'm going to give it my name. I'm going to you know, give it my name. And initially, as a reading specialist, um, I was really only going to focus on reading. That was really the initial business plan. I didn't have a business model to go off of. Nobody I knew uh, was doing what I was doing, and I had nothing to fall back on. I just kind of paved the way on my own. Um, and I thought, this is where my roots are. Although I was born and raised in Pico Rivera, my family initially settled here in Whittier. Um, and so I've always felt my roots are here. My grandmother, um, my family, we still own one of the oldest homes in Whittier. It's barely standing. It's a little leaning a little to the left. Um, but, um, you it's know, part we, of the character. Exactly. <laughs> it adds to the character and the charm of the home. But... Um, you know, this is where I really feel at home. I, my my uncle and my father and my grandmother are gone, but I feel like having my business here um, gives me that connection and, and makes me feel, you know, vested in this community. So um, Pina Reading Academy came about, and I thought, well, we'll call it a reading academy. I'm a reading specialist. And then all of a sudden it said I discovered that... Um, hmm, there's a need for a lot of math, especially once Common Core kicked in. So we opened it up to math, and then it was test preparation. Well, yeah, I mean, as a reading specialist and as a teacher, um, you know, my credentials and degrees allow me to kind of have that vast um, menu of things that I can teach. So I specialize in reading, but we do a lot of math here, a lot of test prep as well. And so to be able to be here in Whittier uh, is important to me. It's important for my family. Um, and then not only to own a business, but to own commercial property. The, I, I own the building along with my business partner. We own the building that we're in. So I'm heavily vested in the community. I want to see great things in our community. And, you know, if I can help through um, helping our kids, because I think that's where it's going to start, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to lay a strong foundation in our community of literate kids and kids who feel confident and who are well-educated. Man, the, it's, you know, that's, that's just paybacks later on, right? Yeah. When, to see, I know what I want my community to look like here in Uptown Whittier, and I'm hoping that um, I can share it with everybody and, and have that sense of belonging, instill that sense of belonging um, in others and have people love my city as much as I love my city. Yeah, you're right. I mean, with, with, with your background, I think it's limitless of what you could do or how, how you could really uh, contribute to the area. Uh, but it's a very important uh, contribution because those are your fundamentals, right? Right. So um, it makes sense. Going back to your your the, your name, your last name. Yes. I mean, I, I know way back we talked about. I mean, it's an old last name. I don't say old, but did you just I, call me old, Jesse? I know. <laughs> Not you, old personally. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but it's a, it's some a, history there. It's some history, right? <laughs> uh, here in Whittier. Yes, um, so, so my family um, has been here since the early 1900s when Whittier was still orange orchards. And my grandfather, my uncle, my dad, they all created oranges when, when Whittier was still, you know, just lots of orange orchards. So to be able to um, have my business here and have my family still here in Whittier is just, I feel so blessed and I feel so fortunate. Um, because I see the great things that have come about since my family first got here and where the train used to go by on, on Union. And, you know, that's now the back of my grandmother's house. It, she used to sit right on the railroad tracks, and that's now, like, house, a housing development and beautiful condos in there. And I'm just thinking, God, I see pictures of my grandmother's house. when well, that was a railroad that used to go through, yeah. through there. So just to be part of that and the history of Whittier is so strong. And... 
And we all know, as, as people who are in Whittier right now, um, boy, people take their Whittier very seriously, especially in yes. uptown Whittier. Yes. And rightfully so. I mean, when you love something and you're that passionate about it, um, you want to see what's what's best for it. So yeah. the Pina family, um, we're, we're proud to, to make our little uh, difference in the city of Whittier. Yeah. Plus, uh, just now, rec- more recently, now, well, I don't say more recently, but with um, more businesses coming into Whittier, mm-hmm. um, businesses that are owned by locals, yeah. um, just having to really showcase that history, um, you see it more. You Absolutely. S- you see that community kind of coming a little closer and, and really wanting to express, you know, or showcase um, that history. So, And it's a team. It's really, a, I yeah. feel like it's a team, especially us in here in Uptown Whittier. Like yeah. there's, there's a camaraderie there that's a... Difficult to describe or difficult to put into words, but we all want what's best for right. for our little community. You're yeah. welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> With the exception <laughs> of Remo. Except for Remo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So how big is the, the Reading Academy? How many students do you guys have, and how, what are the hours? What is? We're the open from 9 a.m. till about 9 p.m. Right now we have a full schedule. So during the day I work with homeschool kids and a lot of the adults, and then about 2 o'clock, uh, till about nine o'clock at night, we work with kids from the public and private schools, and so we're open Monday through Friday, nine a.m. to nine p.m. Everything's by appointment only. Uh, we do half-hour sessions and one-hour sessions. You don't sign any contracts here or anything like some of the other no tutoring. Contracts? No contracts. Damn. Look, I, this is what I tell parents, and that's the reaction I get, Jesse. Is I tell parents, I want you to come back because what I'm doing is working. I don't want you to be bound to me contractually. I want you to come back every week or every other week because what I'm doing here with your child, you're seeing a difference. And so I'm confident of that. I don't do a whole lot of marketing. We're not all over social media or anything, but I have full books. And you're on What's Up Woody or no? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Now you're really going to yeah. be exposed. Yeah. That's a good thing. But um, but everything is really word of mouth and referrals. So, you know, one, one parent comes in and sees what we're doing and how we're doing it, and then they go and tell friends, and then they go... Nothing's more powerful than moms getting in a no. group and start talking about what's going on in schools or in their That's tutoring. Right. So... Uh, I count on that, and you know, I tell parents if what we're doing is working, go tell other people about it and bring me, you know, bring them in here and, and let me help in whatever way I can. If what I'm doing isn't working, tell me. Don't tell other people. Then let me fix it. So, so you said earlier that uh, your youngest is essentially two. Mm-hmm. Um, can you teach an old dog and uh, new tricks? Or? Absolutely. You know, what's I have. Old, what's your oldest? <laughs> what's your oldest? I think the oldest client we have was in his mid sixties, and wow. he was actually a very successful business owner who um, never let anybody know that he had severe dyslexia. He never really learned to read. So he had had enough money and been, had business partners uh, who he had always counted on to read things for him and, and work it through. But he just got to the point where he said. I want to at least be able to read an email. Wow. And so worked with him and helped him through. He was here for about a year, year and a yeah. half. And and then his circumstances changed uh, such that he couldn't come. But he got to the point where now he could read emails and write emails professionally. And he was really happy. So can you teach an old dog new tricks? Absolutely. It just depends how much, how badly the dog wants to learn, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> now for someone like that, what was the frequency? And do you think that was enough time? And did he get to his goal? 
He came early in the morning. It was almost under the cloak of darkness. He didn't want anybody <laughs> to know that he was coming in. Um, and he would come twice a week for hourly sessions. And, you know, he was real consistent. And, and, and like anything else, the, the more consistently you do it, the better the results you get. So, so based on that, like, say, say um, I don't say typical kid, but, but say a kid who's, who does take your reading um, classes mm -hmm. or tutoring, mm -hmm. what's a recommendation, um, or average-wise, I guess, what's your, what's your um, like a schedule? Frequency or or yeah. frequency, yeah, for, for I, kids. The little ones, kindergartners and preschoolers, I usually will see them in half-hour sessions. Okay. Uh, sometimes once a week, sometimes two half-hour sessions a week that I'll do, and then kind of second grade on, I usually see them an hour a week. Okay. And, and the reason why I ask about that, too, because, again, a while back, I was asking about my kid. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I only do half-hour sessions. I'm like, again, totally makes sense because my kid... I yeah. think you can go more than that. <laughs> yeah. I've hung around. I <laughs> yeah, for some kids, we, we work them up. I have some kids who it's 15 minutes. Okay. You know, and those are kids who have special circumstances or special needs students, uh, whether they have um, severe learning disabilities. I have some kids who are autistic and are on the higher end of the spectrum. So 15 minutes is about all we can do. Um, and then we can try and work them up. So we prorate everything so that if we get 15 minutes one day, we're good. Then, you know, it's 15 minutes. But if we do a half hour or 20 minutes, we, we keep going until, until the gas runs out of the child. And it's a quality of, of tutoring, not the time, right? So That's exactly right. And, and again, it's why I have the parents come in as well, for especially for the little ones, um, because I want them to be able to follow through in what I do. So the next time I see them, I'm teaching, something them, teaching them something new as opposed to having to review what I taught before. So mm -hmm. I, t I tell parents, before you sign on, before you, you start to come, I need your guarantee that you're going to follow through because I know what I'm going to do and you're paying me money to do it. So it, you should feel compelled to sit in there and do the work as well so that we can get your child to where you want them to be. Yeah. Again, I don't wave a magic wand. I wish it were that easy. <laughs> I'm going to give you my metaphor. It's almost like going to the dentist where they do the cleaning once, but you still got to brush your teeth every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Brush your teeth. Or Look have someone that, brush man. them first. Wow. wow. That was deep, Remo. So Socrates is deep. what they call me. And <laughs> <laughs> well, After a glass of wine, that's what <laughs> they call me. <laughs> so you said you grew up, you grew up in Pico Rivera, right? I did. Born and raised in Pico Rivera. So how long were you there, and then what brought you over to Whittier? Well, like I said, my family was originally from Whittier, and then when my uh, father and so my... So you're the strangler on the... You're the, the strangling kid who said, we're going to go off the other side and just... <laughs> That's right. Well, when my dad returned um, from the service, from the Air Force... Um, he was ready to get married, and, and there were homes available right then uh, in Whittier. So my uncle as well was also in the Air Force. So when they returned from the service um, and couldn't find anything here in Whittier that they could afford, uh, they just went, what everybody does, one city, city over. over. <laughs> and so that's how we ended up in Pico Rivera. But again, my grandmother was here, my aunts, everybody else stayed. So the furthest we ventured out was Pico Rivera. So... My roots are there. My mom still lives in the same house I grew up in. Really? My father passed away um, 
20 plus years ago, but my mom still lives in that house. And uh, does she have your room all set up? She still? does. It's no, a little shrine. Really? It is. It's kind of. Is it awkward walking in? No, it feels great. I really? love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes when I need to just de, you know, de-stress and just I need a quiet place, I'll just you go, go to my mom's there. house. <laughs> I do. I go and I play with my dolls and I. <laughs> I remember that. Back. Lead in <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lick the paint that has yeah. lead in it. <laughs> no, I just it, it's good. It's it, you know it's home, and my my parents uh, always took care of my son. So when my son was born, um, my parents took care of him, and my son also went to St. Hillary. He went to school in, in Pico Rivera, though we lived in Whittier at the time. Yeah. He still had him there because I was teaching in Pico, and so my son went to school in Pico. My parents were in Pico, so they took care of him. So. That house is very much my son's house as well. So it's good. I, I'm telling you, roots are important and being grounded and staying grounded. Surrounding yourself with people who are grounded too is really important. That's right. That's right. And always always being proud of where you came from. I mean, Pico Rivera is it's a great city and some people will say, you know, things about Pico Rivera and I will defend it till the end because I'm a product and, I, <laughs> and I'm all right. <laughs> Just be careful if you say something wrong. Cause That's uh, right, because yeah. my Pico will come out and it, I don't know how to get it back in because once <laughs> that Pico Rivera comes out of me, it's good. Is Stand that a shank back. I see in your <laughs> well, Don't worry about it. You ask too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> a shank and a Sharpie, I think, That's is what I see. <laughs> You're getting cut, man. The You're getting cut. Tools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys have a, a summer program that I know is coming up soon. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that? Sure. So the we're going to have a summer program starting June 19th going through July 20th. It'll be Monday through Thursday from 9 to noon. And depending on um, the subject and the grade level, um, you have certain times that you'll come in. The great thing about the program is we're completely flexible. So let's say you have a second grader, a student going, or a child going into second grade next year. You can do um, reading on Monday and Wednesday and math right after it. So the program is flexible in that if you say like, oh, I can only get them in on Mondays, I can't come on Wednesdays, no problem. Each se session is a, a standalone session. So I have some kids that come for two or three weeks and then they leave on vacation and then once they return from vacation, they just come right back in and um, continue with the program. Uh, if you sign up before May 19th, you get a discount off your registration fee. I'll give you $10 off your total registration fee. And if you mention What's Up Witter, you get... You get that it's same. Free. You no. get that no. same ten dollars. Hey, hey, hey. You get the same ten dollars off. <laughs> you get the same exact ten dollars <laughs> off. Just with eleven dollars off. <laughs> Just with the bigger smile. That's right. No, thank you. So, if you're interested in a schedule, um, you can go on the website and request one. It's uh, PeniaReadingAcademy.net. Uh, or you can call the academy, 562-698-7323. Uh, leave me a message, and I'll get one out to you. Leave me your email, and I'll send one out to you. So the, the classes close quickly. I only allow three kids in a session. So once, you know, again, those small groups, really intensive tutoring. So um, it stays really small. All of our teachers for the summer are fully credentialed teachers. Everybody's uh, registered with the California Commission on Teaching teacher credentials um, with uh, Department of Justice background checks. So um, basically what I'm doing is grabbing teachers out of the classroom during the summer instead of them having a break. I'm forcing them to work with me um, and, they're, and they're happy to do it, you know, in, in their downtime. So um, three, three students to a session and then, it, and then it closes out. So if you're interested, uh, give us a call. 
uh, quickly because, like I said, we're filling hurry, up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So let me a- ask you another question, um, not work-related. Okay. Some woodier questions. All right. So when you're uh, not being an awesome uh, business owner, tutor, and everything else that you do, what is it that maybe if you're going to go have a drink somewhere or maybe a, a sandwich or some dinner, where, where are your spots that you would go to in Whittier? Your go in Pico or in Pico. <laughs> your go-tos. But preferably Whittier. My go-tos. Well, they're, you know, I, I eat in Whittier every day. So, my I mean, Bailey Kitchen makes an awesome salmon salad for me. So I, I love to eat there. Um, Ravallo's is amazing when you want a nice little, uh, when you want to cozy up to the bar. They uh, they have a heavy hand there, so I like that. Well, um, they just like the, you the there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for you. Yeah. I, <laughs> the heavy hand I get is on coffee, not, <laughs> not on the cocktails like you do. And um, they have great uh, dinners as well. I um, I don't eat red meat, but um, the salmon and, and chicken I'm always looking for. So there's just some some key places. I just found another place, and I don't know why I hadn't known it before. The, um, Greenleaf Thai. Oh, yeah, the Thai place they opened. The Thai yeah. place, it's amazing. It it's yeah. really good. So um, I really suggest that you guys give it a you shot. Been there? No, I drive past it, but remember, Where is it at? Uh, it's right, um, across, right across from the street from the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been there yet, but I know where it is. Oh, you guys got to go. I mean, I'm not, a, I wasn't a huge fan of Thai food, but I went in there just on a whim. Somebody else had recommended it, so I go in and try it, and I was like, all right, wow. It was uh, big portions. Great yeah. food. The owner's wife is Thai, so it's really authentic food. Um, so give that one a shot. But yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it's a funny story. I've been to Thailand, and and what you think is here is Thai food. You go over there, and you're like, no, this but is not. But that's what the owner said. My pad yeah. Thai that yeah. I get on Greenleaf. This is like, <laughs> like some like non. Anyways. Yeah, so, but that's what the yeah. owner was saying. He said sometimes people will come in and be like, what's that? And they're like, no, this is authentic Thai food. This yeah. is what Thai yeah. food is supposed to. And beautiful presentation. But yeah. I, I'd, hopefully I get a free meal out of this from right. them, <laughs> them from the plug. But yeah. yeah. So those are just a few places. And then the, the little small places, too. I like to just go and frequent because, you know, I mean, we're all we're all Whittierites and, and we hang out in Whittier and it's just good to go someplace where you feel like comfortable and you just want to be around people who you yeah. know and who you're familiar with and familiar surroundings. And I think there's so many places in Whittier yeah. to how go and hang out. How about if it's a, a beer or a glass of wine or a cocktail? What are your spots? I, I can already tell you that one. I know. Where? Right across the street. Vintage Cafe. Vintage Cafe. <laughs> Vintage Cafe. They have a great happy hour. So yeah, they do. They do. Um, so, yeah. You well, you, tur- you turned my wife into the spicy mango oh, martini, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. I told yeah. her one time, just try now it. Give it a don't shot. don't get off that thing, man. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Can I get it to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a sippy cup. Yeah, a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah those, so, there's a few places I do like that. Like Seta's got a nice little atmosphere going on in there as well. Back to where you're raised. Uh, is there mm-hmm. anything you you yeah, kind of Pico Rivera? Hey 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 hey! You say that respectfully, <laughs> yeah, that I, sir. I, I did, I did. I, I mean, did. you can't beat the Del Rey. I love yeah, to go into right. the Del Rey. They have great food, good portions. If you could get um, in, right? Yeah, there's always a deal going down at the. I go, whatever, whatever. No, I get in. I don't know. You guys can't get in. Is we there a problem? Oh, I just I have Pico Rivera on my face, so I walk. We don't have the hat or the shirt, man. You give them the nod when you walk in. That's it. They got your table. 
I take my mom. Um, they have a, a piano player in there and a guy who sings. So every once in a while, I'll just go pick up my mom, who lives just a couple of blocks away. And I'll say, Mom, let's go. We're going to the Dow Range. She loves herself a Coors Light. So we just uh, get her They make a, chair. a good Coors Light. They there. make a solid <laughs> Coors Light. My mom loves her silver bullet. But um, she'll go and she'll just... You know, say, go pay him to play this song. Go pay him. So nice. there I am just forking over cash to the piano player. Like good old days. Like the good old <laughs> days. And just watch my mom sing and, and, you know, enjoy enjoy herself. Between Del Rey, since you're on, on, on Steakhouses, Del Rey and um, what's the other one on, on Whittier Boulevard? The... Um, Steak, um, steak and Stein. Oh, Steak and Stein. Clearman Steak and Stein. The foodie over here. Preference? Uh, if you had to choose, you're driving that way, and you're like, I'm uh, going to go get a steak. I'll do, you or can not take steak, me but to, just... You can take me to... I don't eat steak, but... I know, but... Either place. <laughs> either place. Um, it's good. I, I mean, I have... I grew up in both places. Funny story about Steak and Stein. Years and years and years ago, those of you who are of a certain age will know that the waitresses at Steakenstein used to wear these little outfits that were like corsets and really short skirts with like the roughly little um, uh, shorts underneath, not really shorts, kind of underwear, but yeah. with fishnet stockings. And I remember we used to go in there when we were little. My dad used to take us, me and my brother and my mom, and, and we they would all go smoke in there. too, right? And they were, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we would go in, and I always thought, oh, one of these days I'm going to work here. Nice. And that's, <laughs> those were my aspirations. <laughs> Well, funny enough, I, I uh, got to the age where I was looking for a job. And I went into Steakenstein no. just on a whim. And I, I applied, and they hired me, and I came home with the uniform. And yeah. my dad was like, you're going to go that right back. back <laughs> and you are Give him that. not working <laughs> at Steakenstein. Yeah, so That's every fun. time I go in there, I'm like, oh, could have been. Who knows what could have been. been on that you, wall. It could have been, been Melinda Pena's Steakenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunities. Another missed opportunity. The story of my life. By the way, they have the greatest cheese bread, man. Oh. That thing is and the purple I've never cabbage. Ate in there. I always what? I, yeah, I always drive by it, and I'm like, okay. oh, man. You have to go. That's where yeah, I had my first Shirley Temple. There you really? go. You I think me, me too. Yeah. I probably oh, really? did too. Yeah. Wow, look at that. The cheese bread, the salad, mm. and the purple cabbage. I've been to Del Rey. I love the purple yes. cabbage. I've been to Del Rey many times, but never there. I always drive by and I was like, man, this is a creepy looking place. For no, <laughs> no, it's a cool place. Well, wait till you get inside. inside. <laughs> is, it as cre- is it as creepy inside? No, uh, it's just, it's you might not see your but food then again. <laughs> but then again, Del Rey is like really dark. And Same thing. You know, you I feel like you got to smoke a cigar in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of that era, right? Uh-huh. I love yeah. that it's still there. I go in and I'm like, yeah, it's exactly the walls are the still better with smoke. And Who yeah. knows what the stories that there's probably walls people are. hidden, yeah. hidden behind those walls. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're still in that uh, wood burning uh, fire. <laughs> yeah. How do you think they keep yeah. the fire? That eternal <laughs> flame moving. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but man. you got to try steak and stein Remo. It's good stuff. What time do they close today? Are we, uh, you're taking you're know. taking us all for dinner now. Yes, wow, all go. in favor say aye. Yeah, aye. aye. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God it's late. And <laughs> He's gonna drag they this out. They close at twelve, man. They close at twelve today. <laughs> really? No. no, they're actually uh. closed right now. <laughs> <laughs> she went on the Googler. See, yeah. that I did. She Googled it. So, so where does this passion come from uh, for teaching? Like, no, what, I what drives you to? Uh, I always thought, Jesse, that I was going to be um, a doctor. And when I grew up, growing up, I thought, you know, I love medicine. I want to help people. Um, and then I took a job as, again, I'm going to age myself, as a candy striper. 
and way back. Don't act like you don't know what a candy striper is. It's like you don't know what it is. I don't know. The youngest person's gonna answer. I know. No, no, no. I'll let Melinda. She's our guest. It's just a volunteer. You're young. Usually it was normally it was young girls that just volunteered to work in a hospital and either like deliver food or flowers. But you would wear a little red and white striped little kind of dress, and you were just called a candy striper. You're really just a volunteer in a hospital. And so I, I did that. I became a candy striper. And my very first day on the job, I had my white shoes on. I had my freshly pressed candy striper outfit on. And I was ready to go, crisp, clean white shirt. Walked into a hospital room with a little tray of stuff for the patient and saw the patient lying in the bed. And boom, I fainted out no cold. Way. And um, and that was my first and last day. Like, I was like, I change can't. of yeah. plans. We're gonna have a pivot. <laughs> We're gonna pivot is what we call it. And That's so, so funny. I I wanted to be a candy striper as a kid really? too because I wanted to be a nurse. And then um, I'm just not good with like bodily fluids. Yeah, and so that, like, that no, was my not thing. Me. I no. saw the catheter in the bag there, and I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. boy. Exactly. The walls went in, and then that was <laughs> it. I hit the floor, and I thought, nope. And then ever since then, like I go to visit people in the hospital, and like it all comes back it again. Comes I'm back. like, woo. Is that a candy striper? There you go. You you looked it up. That was yeah. my cute little. No, uniform. these are one of the. The, the cool project. Of course, it's black and white. Yeah. It's well, one of the, one <laughs> no, of the no, it doesn't help, right? One of the projects I did for the Uptown Association is it allowed me to get a lot of these vintage pictures. And so this is all PIH's old vintage wow. pictures. Yeah. So it's it's different candy stripers. I, I would never know oh my God, what, what a candy you do striper. You saw my picture in there. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. Th- that's not you, right? Um, no. No. Come on, Rima. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the gray hair old lady yeah. from like 50 years ago. Yeah. Thanks. How old do yeah. you think I am? Yeah. <laughs> and it was printed on a press too, man. Look at that. Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, that then I had to like come up with plan B. And um, my aunt was uh, a teacher. And I spent some time in her classroom. And I just really discovered like, wow, this seems like a great job. Nice. And um, I just kind of followed in footsteps. And like I said, I kept my cousin's also in education. And so there, therein lies the passion. And then it just goes from there. Yeah. yeah. But, but that passion, I mean, is it, is it um, I guess, what drives it? What wakes you up in the morning and says, you know, I'm doing... You know, being here in the academy allows me to have good interaction with parents and, of course, the hands-on with the kids and their learning um, but when parents come to you and they're looking at you in the eyes and saying, thank you so much, Melinda, mm-hmm. for doing this for my child with tears in their eyes, because ultimately nothing, as parents, nothing is more important than our kids. There's That's nothing, right. not your house, right. not your cars, not your job, nothing. Because if my kids are suffering mm-hmm. or my kids aren't succeeding, nothing's right in my world. That's right. And so when parents come in and I'm able to make a difference and, and they tell me I make a difference, that that's all I need. Then we yeah. do this again the next day, and I'll get up and I'll work twelve hours a day and not think twice about it because I re- it's fun. I mean, it's hard work. Uh, I'm exhausted at the end of the day, and you know, Jesse, yeah, you yeah. see me, and um, and I'll do it again the next day just yeah. because you know you, you have. I get that immediate feedback. It's not something where long term I have to I have to wait and see what mm-hmm. whatever became of it. No, I get every session I work with a kid, and the light bulb goes off or Sometimes that light bulb is just flickering, and I know it's going to come on <laughs> soon. And you know, being able to see that process, man, it's it's an amazing thing. And then working with adults too, who 
have never really loved education or struggled and and all of a sudden to see that light bulb go on and and have them in tears in front of me because they're just so happy to be able to to read or to write um that's what drives me and it's 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 a great feeling i really i do it for my for myself i guess selfishly but but it's it's for them it's a good it's a good selfishness um and you're right i mean it's uh you're essentially creating or helping somebody discover that there's more to themselves than they usually think there is. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say that is, I, I shared this with you before, is that it's uh, uh, I participated in a career day at schools mm-hmm. and young kids, um, and and uh, you know we walk in with different professions, and for them these kids this is the first time they're really getting uh, uh, not exposed but really learning that there's there's uh, there's other professions other than being a doctor, yeah, you know, a lawyer, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so realtor, a realtor, realtor. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and, and you know the feedback that you get, it's like, it's like, man, I, I never thought that I could ever become X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. Um, but but it all starts with the educators being able to to expose them to these these uh, ideas, mm-hmm. right? These professions, um, or or even having them to have that that the the um, what's the right word um uh being able to make kind of not critical thinking but just being able to kind of think beyond what's right in front of them right yeah absolutely Um, and so to kind of see beyond that see the future and and start asking those questions um and again that's what i was saying earlier that's you know we as parents or 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 non-educators um uh we don't see that you know we don't we don't really see how, how what you guys are really putting into uh, into that kid's mind mm-hmm. um, and how that affects them down the road, um, which is, again, it, it takes somebody who's very passionate to do that. And uh, I think, too, being in, in the business that I'm in, parents would know right away, immediately, yeah. if I didn't really care about their child and if I wasn't really vested in, in their child's progress and education, they would be able to... T- I'm not that yeah. great of an actress that that you know I would be able to hide it. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I, I'm driven by a lot of things, but first and foremost, by making a difference for kids, making a difference in my community, uh, and helping people, you know, and, hel- and letting them know, because my parents instilled it in me that I could be anything I wanted to be. Yeah. And, and especially being a female, being Latina, I never thought I would own my own business. I, again, I always thought I would just, not just, but I thought I would always be a teacher because that's what I loved. And so... When I started my own business, that was a new thing. I never thought I would be involved in creating an app, you know, and that that was another thing. So making sure that kids know that whatever direction you go in, go there and then branch out and, and, and take it to the next level and, and see, explore, you know, as an educator, um, I can do so many things outside of a classroom and beyond yep. the classroom. And so... Um, not letting the fear paralyze me, not letting that unknown stall me, um, but just letting it drive me. So the fear does that. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to paralyze you and drive you. And the great thing is you decide what it does to you. And, you know, you fail, you pick yourself right back up, you dust yourself off, and you keep moving. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen. Man, I, I just feel like we had a... Hallelujah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hallelujah. You're inspired. <laughs> no, I, I got to go do something great now. Yeah. 
feel like no, I'm not doing anything. Yet. First of all, hug <laughs> a teacher, thank a teacher, that's please. That's right. That's right. Please. That's right. Um, so how do we, how do we, or how do our listeners um, follow you or find you? Um, is there like Instagram? Yeah, Facebook? I have a private account on Instagram, but I would love for you to follow me, Melinda M. Pina, uh, on Instagram. Um, and or just stop in. I love the face to face stuff. Okay. I mean, you know, social You're media is great. I'm I old school. Young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm school. Young, young school. school. <laughs> but uh, I love a face to face with people and I wanna, you know, meet people and I get a lot of people coming in uh, from the street. I get a lot of foot traffic here in uptown Whittier, so uh, I always welcome people to come in. Parents usually want to ask questions that are yeah. private and they have concerns about their child. And, and I always like to take them into the room. Let's sit down and tell me what's going on with your child and let me see how I can help and what I can do for you. So uh, I'm at 6740 Bright Avenue here in Uptown, uh, 9 to 9, Monday through Friday. So stop in, please. I'd love to meet everybody and uh, see what I can do to help you with your child. Or If you're an adult and you need some help, come on in. All right. One one last question. Sure. I, I know walking in here, there's a lot of unique pieces. Yeah. What's the story behind that? We'll, well uh, I love New York uh, and that uh, Chelsea Market kind of district in New York. That's real industrial. Yes. Have you been on the High Line? Yeah. Yes. I okay. I love it there. Yeah. So I kind of modeled uh, the Academy somewhat after after that with uh, brick and the wood that's here um, and the metal that's here. Just I love that industrial feeling, and I have a lot of, um, I have like an old 1930s typewriter and a sewing machine and things from the industrial age, and I was talking to Christine about it earlier, and she said, why do you have that stuff? And I said, well, that was the, the age of women empowerment when, um, you know, Rosie the Riveter and, and the women were really, um, you know, we, we held down the country while our men went to war, and so anything that's... Uh, reminiscent of that kind of uh, empowerment era and when our country went through the changes that it did and you know and, and we're able to survive and and be the country that we are today um, that's why I have that stuff in here but um, I just like I wanted it to be a space if you come in a lot of pe times people will say oh do you sell furniture or what are you, are you selling <laughs> stuff it's a in here gig. What's, yeah <laughs> and I no no I just need it to be a comfortable space because I have such a diverse clientele I have kids here um, but I also have, like I said, a lot of adults and college students and high school kids who don't want to go to a place that has, you know, baby stuff and, and little kids Small stuff. chairs. Yeah, and <laughs> tiny little chairs and stuff because then they're not going to feel comfortable. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a space that when you walk in, people usually will say, what do you do here? Like, what? Yeah. this is an so amazing space. you don't hem space. pants here? I don't. I don't. <laughs> it, it used to be. That's in the back door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knock three times, and yeah. then we know we'll send you to the tailor. But um, I just needed it to be. And I'm here 12 hours a day. It needs to be a comfortable space for That's me right. as well. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, share your uh, your story. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you again for what you do. Oh, you're and welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. And everybody out there, if you want to get more uh, information on the uh, summer program and um, – uh, basically everything you got for Yeah, your, I'll do the individual academy. tutoring uh, during the summer as well. So if you can't make the summer program, we can still tutor you in the afternoon and evenings. Perfect. So you'll find that on our show notes. And again, uh, mention what's up Whittier and you get the $10 off. $11 off. <laughs> <laughs> Remo's going to throw in a dollar. I'll throw in a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> again, thank you again. Thank you. Hug a teacher, please.
Bye.